0: Every episode. Heart and soul in every i am a to go hard cause that's all I know. I'm a show. i am a to show i close been close. They you don't stop stopping no. Listen good, take some dose. Just some raw advice from your purpose coach, giving inspiration with a lot of hope. Just some transformation with a sprinkle of jokes. So sharing posts, your favorite quotes. I'ma keep it straight up, so take your dose. Subscribe to the pod, keep me close. Just press play when you need me the most. Let's go. When you need me the most, just press play. When you need me the most. Hey, friend, I don't know if you know this, but I have a new book coming out on March 5th. It's called Protect Your Peace, Non-Unapologetic Principles to Thrive in a Chaotic World. And I would love your support by pre-ordering my book. Go to TrentSheldon.comslash slash book. Why pre-order? Because as an author, it helps me. Get on more TV shows. The book gets in more stores. And for you, you get a whole bunch of cool free stuff. That will go away soon if you don't pre order. So go pre order the book, get the book. This book is gonna change the world. Let's get it. Hey, what up, Rehabers. Trent here. Welcome to episode 18 of the Straight Up Podcast. And I wanted to drop this little note to prepare you for what you're about to hear. First of all, the information is gonna be incredible as I interview one of my closest friends, as somebody who's made an impact in my life and thousands of people's lives across the world. Mr. Jonathan Evans. You're going to hear language that says episode 15, or you might think it's like, oh, is this the wrong episode? It's the right episode. This episode was recorded about a month ago, but we decided to release it now, which is the perfect time. Enjoy it. Your life is about to be impacted. Straight up. Hey, what's up, y'all? Trent Shelton here. Today's a special episode because I have a guest. One of the things that I wanted to do was like bring people that I know personally. Um, this guy that you're about to hear from is somebody that is impacting the world in a major way, but more importantly, he's impacted my life in a major way. And he's straight up, just holistically, straight up from you know uh, from his dreams to his you know being a father, being a husband, uh, everything I know about this guy. What you see you know on the stage or online, you know, it's the same thing offline. And you know, I'm not into just interviewing celebrities just for you know clickbait or just to interview them. I want to interview real people uh, in my life and just kind of give a backstory. Just a little bit before i bring him on here um we played at baylor together and if you read my book the greatest you you know this guy is uh he was a big part of me starting rehab time i don't know if he knows that or not but he was a big part because we spent some time with the redskins and when i look back on this bro like i was just talking earlier that i don't believe god brought me to the redskins for football i really believe he brought me there (laughs) to interact with you as roommates you know, the conversations that we had, you helped me rededicate my life to Christ, you helping me understand that I had a bigger purpose for my life, led me to doing an event at Oakland Bible Fellowship, the CAGE event, that I really didn't want to do just because I was nervous. Like, I'm an introverted person. At that time, I was T. Shelley, the rapper. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you gave me the courage to step on stage. And from the next day, I was supposed to go to Arena Football. But after I got off stage, I was like, I just feel like this is what I was created to do. And that literally changed my life forever. So... We'll get into all of that. Um, I want to introduce you to guys to one of my closest friends, a mentor of mine, and just an all-around awesome human being, my boy, Jonathan Evans. What's up, man?
1: What's up, man? Happy to be the first. What's up, rehabbers across the world? Welcome to Straight Up with Trent
0: Shelton. Throughout my career, from the NFL to sold-out stages speaking to thousands, I built up a toolkit to break through negative mindsets, let go of what's holding you back, and start rehabbing your life. And every show is going to be jam-packed with tips, tricks, and tools to push you forward. I'm always going to be real with you and give you the 100% truth, even when it's going to pierce your heart. This is me, Trent Shelton. Straight up. That's man, you're the first, about. bro. That's big. That is big. That's big. I'll <laughs> say you're like the first person in my book, I think, to be mentioned. First person in a straight up podcast, so it's only right, man. Like what titles, man? Like what titles do you have? Like what's your titles? Just like
1: man, it's, uh, okay. Uh, you know, first of all, um, a believer. Yeah. you start with that. Absolutely. We start with that. That's number one, uh, a believer, and um, then you know, family. I always tell my kids it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's gonna be God. Uh, it's going to be family, and then it's going to be responsibility. And so, it. so family man, married to my wife for 13 years uh, now. Time go by fast. I got. Five I went kids. to that wedding too. I you went did. to your wedding. Yep. You did. <laughs> you did. You um, did. Let's say we got um, we got five kids. So three girls and two boys. You know, I push that on you. You know. Yeah, but I was going to say that. I was like, he's responsible
0: for for Marley and Maria. Was like, you got to stop hanging around with Jonathan because I don't know how <laughs> many babies I can push out.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. So. You know, we know we believe in that. It's just, you know, be fruitful and multiply, you know, as much as you can do. So oh, we done that. All. And then <laughs> I've got uh, responsibilities. So my responsibilities are I'm the chaplain for the Dallas Cowboys, co-chaplain of the Mavericks, um, uh, men's ministry at my dad's church, Dr. Tony Evans. Many of you may know uh, that name. Um, and then I do young adults. We've got a young adults ministry named Generate. And so that's really fun for me. And then I work at the national ministry, too, because taking my dad's national ministry is real uh, important to me. So we do a a lot of a lot of different hats, put it that way. And so just working in ministry, just pushing hard to do what God has called me to do.
0: Well, let me ask you this question. This was like totally something I wasn't going to ask. But in hearing you say all that, how do you find balance? Because I know so many listeners, they ask me that question. Like, Do you even feel like balance is something that you can obtain? Or do you feel like, you know, you just kind of got to be present in every moment that you're in? Like, how do you find balance in doing all of that?
1: Well, the balance is understanding. It's understanding your passion and understanding the opportunities, but also understanding how to say no. Mm. Uh, no is a, is a key word for me now. Uh, I can't be everything for everybody at all times. Uh, yeah. I just can't do it. And if I get out of priority, then I know I'm out of balance. So if, mm. I, if I'm not loving God, loving my family and taking care of my primary responsibilities, anything outside of those three is out of balance. And so those are the top three priorities. When I pray over my kids every night, I say, uh, Lord, help them to love God, love their family, and take care of their responsibilities. And I say number number four is fun, but I don't even put that on the list. Because if you take care of one, two, and three, number four is an automatic. <laughs> here you go. Here, here you go. <laughs> so I, I, I want people to write this down like, because I'm big
0: on that. like Having people see things, whether it be on their phone, whether it be on their mirror, whatever, like you said, if I get out of priority... Yeah. I'm out of balance, right?
1: Out of priority. Oh, of man. Yeah.
0: That's, I mean, that's that's key because every time my life is out of balance, I'm usually out of priority <laughs> in my life.
1: That's right.
0: So, you know, one of the things that also connected us and, um, you know, was our mother's battling cancer. And uh, yeah. I I remember you calling me. I remember it was like a year ago and I was in Puerto Rico, actually. And I remember you calling me and you hitting me up. And, um, you know, just to be honest, man, it hit me hard because I was in the moment like with my mom going through her battle and she still is. and you know, it's hard for me to even find words. People always ask me, like, how do you deal with it? And I'm just like, I don't really have the words outside of just giving it to God. And, you know, um, your mother transitioned um, recently, and I went to the service. And what what stood out to me, man, was, like, you're there giving the eulogy. And I'm not just saying this because you're here. I think I told you after, right after. Like, I was up there in tears. But you were so strong, and the message that you gave brought so much understanding for me, um, even with losing my grandparents or I think any anybody listening to this podcast right now, you're gonna go through losses. Whether you're going through it now, you went it. through it, or you're gonna go through it. What was your your battle with it? Because I know with me, you know, just as a man of faith, my mom is like a warrior. Mm-hmm. And I'm asking God like why? Like why is she going it's people in the world that are terrible people and they're living a blessed life, which I know they're not because that's our thinking of, of man. But I'm just like, man, why does my mom have to go through this? So like what was your journey um, and just how are you, you know, dealing with it and,
1: you know, whatever, just whatever you want to share? Yeah, well, first um, we found out uh, 2019 in March. Uh, we were at an event and I couldn't figure out why my dad was so somber because we were at the NRB convention, uh, National Religious Broadcaster. So we were there and my dad was going into the Hall of Fame. So we were there to watch him get inducted into the Hall of Fame for his broadcast. Yeah. And so we were wondering why he was so somber at the same time he was supposed to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. So finally, he t- brought us all into the room to make a long story short. And he said, this is the hardest thing we've ever faced as a family. And we were like, what? That's when your heart starts beating fast. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And he said, your mom, you know, has been diagnosed with stage four, uh, you know, kind of a gallbladder cancer, uh, biliary cancer. And, uh, you know, it's all over her abdomen. There's nothing they can do. And when he, when I heard him say there's nothing they can do, my dad can always find silver lining somewhere, yeah. you know. He's, a, he's an optimist. And so he said there's nothing they can do. And he started crying. People started crying all over the room. We don't know how much time we have and all of those different things. And then I look back at my mom, and my mom was just sitting there stoic, just like watching us cry. And then she said, everyone in this room, sit down. And we sat down. And she said, I understand your fears. I understand, you know, what you're going through. But you got to understand, like this is spiritual warfare. This is not something that you can act, you can be shocked by. I know you're shocked, but understand that Jesus told us in John 16, 33, that in this world you will have trouble. So mm. so he's he, he's letting you know up front that no matter who you are, this is what this is what the experience is. Uh, uh, but be of good cheer because I have already overcome it. And so I was thinking about that. She's she's challenging me, and she's the one who's you know dealing yeah. with the cancer. And she said, no one in this family is allowed to tuck tail and run. Um, no one in this family is, al- is allowed to stop. No one in this family is allowed to let any situation make them press the brakes. When you see these situations, you press the gas. You never let the enemy win. And so when she said that, I mean, we were sad, we were shocked, but it also put a fire under us to carry on uh, a legacy, but also pray, you know, for healing. You know, we weren't going to give up. You know, right. that fight was, was dual. It was like, we we're going to pray for healing, but we also we're also going to keep going because my mom said keep going. Um, so we prayed for healing and, and when we didn't get that in the physical realm, like when she, when she died, I struggled with that. Like I battled with God. So if you, if you watch the eulogy, you'll see that I'm talking about this battle that I have with God. Cause I'm like, you know, you said in your word, if, if we come to you believing, uh, you know, we'll receive, if we have you know, faith the, the size of a mustard seed, we can move mountains, you know, you said if we pray according to your will, you hear us, the, the, the heavens are open, you know, I'm quoting all of these scriptures uh, that I've that I've read and that I've learned, and it seemed like those things didn't come through, so I was real disappointed, I was like, how can you say this and this not come through, and, you know, when I was looking back at what my mom said, she said, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer, I have already overcome it, and I learned that God was telling me, no, Jonathan, you don't understand my victory, I have already come through. When when I sent my son, Jesus Christ, I came through. I came through for past, present, and future. So, you know, there was only two options for your mom the whole time. Either she was going to be healed or she was going to be healed. Those were the two options. Like, either she was going to be with family or she was going to be with family. Either she was going to be well taken care of or she was going to be well taken care of. There's no other options when you're in me because I've already provided the solution 2,000 years ago when I put my son on that tree. You know what I mean? And so when I when I thought about that, I, it helped me understand the world that we live in, this is what it is. Like, you're not going to – every player who plays on the field has to retire. That's facts. There, There's no sport where the player doesn't retire. And the players that keep having the player sad when that player retires because they're used to having that player around. But they have to remember that while their game is still going and while the clock is still ticking on their game and their life in the game – their job is to put their head down and be the best they can be for the contribution of that organization until they retire too. And so I'm not allowed to think that my retirement's not coming. All I can do is while I'm still playing, put my head down and play the best I can for the advancement of God.
0: Man. I hope you guys are like, listen to that because you know, when you were, it reminded me of my dad, right? You did up there because my father, like he's the one and I don't, I don't know if I could be that one, you know, because I know people are yeah. gonna look to me, and be like, "Hey, like you're you're doing it." And my dad, I mean, my uncle just passed away two days ago, and he, he's gonna do my, his brother's service. He's Sorry, done his dad's. He's done four of his sibling service, services. And when I look up there, and I know it's tough, but I just see my dad. I'm like, "How, like, are you doing this? Like, how are you in the this moment of like your father, and you're up there like serving so much?" And I know it it hurts him, but it's like the mission that that God had put in his heart or in that moment was so big that I felt like I don't know it's just like how did you how were you able to you know stand in front of you know thousands of people at your probably your hardest moment of your life hmm. and be able to deliver
1: like you delivered like I just it was just God, it was just God talking to me before then because I was telling you about that that battle I was having yeah. like I was really fighting and fussing with God like how could you let this happen and when he spoke back to me and spoke into my life, you know, through his word, just talking about, man, I told you you're more than a conqueror. Like I told you, you already have victory. Yeah. Like I told you I already set you free. Like I told you that this experience that your mom is experiencing is not um, you know, one of those things that's isolated to her. Yeah. It's an experience everyone is going to go through. But understand the, uh, the, the silver lining or the other side of that experience. Like this is a, this is a a commencement. This is a graduation. This is, um, you know, a retirement only to go to the next phase, which yeah. is, you know, me perfecting the work that I've already started. Like when the Bible says that he will complete the work that he started, like the work that he started was perfecting us. yeah You know, the work that he started was changing us. The work that he started was all of those different things. And now he completes it because when you get to the other side of, uh, of death when you get to the other side of that is that's when you get to experience the fullness of life, yeah. you know what I mean? And so it was really me, God teaching me in that moment that this is something that not only do you have to have to experience yourself, but the other side of it is so much more grand than where she, she, she was when you were, you were praying for her to be somewhere that she wouldn't rather be. Yeah. Like she, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean? Like I we're, yeah. we're holding her back. So so it's just me, yeah. it's just me thinking through, you know, the reality of it. It was tough. It was hard. Um, but the victory that we have is what I had to focus on. Yeah. And that 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 was the point of that whole thing. It's like we have victory, and that's where the focus is, even when it looks like you're experiencing defeat.
0: That and that brings me to fear, right? I think yeah. where we're at right now in the world, you know, the coronavirus is going on, and I don't know where we'll be at when this podcast this podcast released you know, this coming up Wednesday, so I don't know where we'll be at. And you see the world going into, you know, a frenzy. You know, what I mean you can't get toilet paper, like nothing, right? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so I'm like, man, like and it's funny because me and Maria were talking about it. It's like, I mean, I get the toilet paper thing, but like at the end of the day, like you could literally clean yourself with water if you had to. Yeah, in the towel, yeah, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like so <laughs> you can do something Yeah. Different. But it just tells you I mean it just shows you too like how we live in a selfish world. You know, it's just like everybody's like this it's about me mentality. Let me get everything for myself instead for myself. of being a given. So um, when it comes to fear, like how do you, how do you deal with fear? How do you process fear? Um, and how do you get over it? Because there's so many listeners right now that, you know, could be going a situation where, you know, their parents might be, you know, um, sick um, or could be going to a situation where they have a thing they want to do with their life, but they're so afraid. You know, my thing was, I was afraid to public speak and I was afraid to really just step out there just being an introverted person. So like, what does fear mean to you, and like, how do you overcome fear? Maybe it's the fear of speaking, or the fear of going into the unknown. How do you deal with that?
1: Well, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, because I had that too. You know, when I started speaking, especially being my dad's son, like my dad is, like the Michael Jordan of preaching. So, it, and your it, family too, yeah, like your family, siblings, like yeah. Priscilla, she like how is that too? Like, like being in a like, and I'm the baby. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I get to watch everybody do well, and I'm like, okay, I'm, like, I'm the failure here. This is not going to work, but because I'm watching them. You know, do it so that that made it to where I was really, you know, kind of afraid uh, to go forward. And most of the people Guy used was afraid. You know, Moses said, "I can't even talk." Like you start looking at your deficiencies and what you're not good at when you're called. Oof. And so, anytime, that's what fear is. Fear is seeing the purpose, but only able to um, look through the window of your insufficiencies when you see it. You know we what I mean? So, so you much. disqualify yourself. So yeah. you start disqualifying yourself or even if you have someone who's, who's sick or you start thinking about all of the things that could happen negatively because of this particular disease or because of this problem. And then the feeling starts connecting with that perspective. And so um, that's the way it was for me. And really what it is, is you have to learn to, because fear is actually another, another version of pride because mm-hmm. it's still focused on you. See pride is not just when you think high of yourself. Pride is when you think low of yourself. Pride is when you are the subject of your focus. It doesn't matter whether it's up or down. So when I let fear the way I feel determine the way I walk, then it is a pride issue that still contributes to my fall. The pride comes before the fall, whether it's you think highly of yourself or whether you think down of yourself, whether you think bad of this situation, whether you think good of this situation. If If that stops you or stumps you from being able to push past when you really know that you're called to do something, then you've let your pride or your fear be the determining factor of your success.
0: with Brendan, go subscribe today and watch how your life is impacted. Hope you guys are listening to this. This is why I love Jonathan. You know, these are conversations that we have like all the all, time. All, all the time. When I leave my, and my brain is just like spinning, I can't sleep for like three nights. I'm just like, man, because you're you're exactly right with that. Because when you say fear is a pride thing and an ego thing, you know, I, I realize that just with me speaking, you know, I mean, speaking is tough. I, you know, it's number one fear in the world. People are yep. so afraid to speak. And I realized like backstage before I'm speaking, I'm thinking about how I'm going to look, how I'm going to sound like, am I going to mess up? And it's I, I, I. And I'm just like, if I'm here to serve, a servant can't have selfishness. You're there to serve the people. What can I give? And then so once I started getting out of myself and focused on just going to serve in my mission and giving myself permission to not be perfect and all these things, it changed. But you're exactly right, because I think so many times we focus on ourselves too much and we let fear control us.
1: Absolutely. Fear, fear controls And, you know, the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. Exactly. But of love, power, and discipline. And so I try to focus on It's not that you don't have that feeling. Yeah. But you have to walk in spite of it. You have to walk in spite of it. Feelings should not be the criteria of our function. And we got to understand that our our function cannot be dependent on our feelings because, you know, it says that the heart is the most deceitful of all and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? And so the cultural mantra of follow your heart no, it's follow the truth and make and, and put a leash on your heart and make your heart, you know, come behind mm. that. And so whenever you're, you're able to demand that your heart or your emotions follow the truth, then you'll still be walking rightly, even though you feel wrongly. I know that's oh. not that's not the correct <laughs> terminology, but, you, you know, we make Straight stuff wrong, up you know? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so and so that's what I've had to teach myself to do. And then you realize, you know, when you're pressing past that, you know, that's why you can't give yourself the glory. Mm. That's why you can't say it was me. No, you were scared. Like yeah. you had to you had to base it on a truth, an objective standard outside of you to rely on that and not rely on you. Whew. So you can't give yourself no glory. You know, it ain't you. You know what I'm saying? It was that objective standard, that truth that you said, I'm gonna lean on that in spite of how I feel.
0: Bro, like you're like in the, like you're really like confirming things for me right now because you know, just right across the street, like I said at the cage event. It was that, like, the thing that I told my mom, because when I told her I'm through with football, like, I mean, it was, like, she got silent. It was just, she's like, what are you going to do with your life? Just out of, of pr- <laughs> yeah, protection-wise, yeah, protection, right?
1: Yeah.
0: But I realized, I told her, I said, I never felt so much confidence in the midst of fear, right, mm. in those moments. Like, I never felt so much certainty in the midst of being uncertain. And it's because, like you said, I was, I couldn't take the glory for that because uh-huh. I know me, I literally, I, like, I don't even know if you know, like, I prepared, like, a speech to go up there, and when I got up there, I forgot it. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, well, God used me. That yeah, was my yeah, Let me just go too. from the heart. And I guess that's what really helped me these days, like, just be able to be that speaker from the heart because and when I prepare, it, I don't know. I'm Locks not telling you, you it'll, it'll
1: lock you up. It does. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying don't,
0: don't prepare or whatever, but, yeah, like, I'm more nervous when I have notes on stage. Yep. I am. It's just crazy. You don't use me. notes? I try not to, like, I'll, yep. I'll use maybe bullet points yeah. to, like, keep me on track, but if I have notes, I'm just like, okay, let me It'll go back to my up. notes. Let me yeah. go back to my notes. So, yeah, man, I just, you know, you confirming that is just real because that's how I knew, that's how I knew that this was the calling for my life because I was like, that wasn't me up yeah, there, yeah, you know? Yeah. God used me up there, so.
1: Yeah, your, your, your study and your experiences, all of your preparation is just a foundation for your freedom, hmm. Um, it's just a foundation for it because all of the experiences you have in your life or when you study or you prepare a speech or you try to get ready for something, you're doing that, you know, preparation sometimes can come out of nerves. Like, man, I I, I want to make sure, I want to make sure that I'm ready. But then you have those experiences that you can't even control that are in your life. But all of that is to prop you up so that when you hit your purpose and passion, you can be free there. You know, when you talk about something, you know, you don't need notes. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you talk about something you've experienced, like your story. Yeah, when you talk about your story, you don't need notes. So your story is the most impact impactful part of anything. You know what I mean? And the problem is when people don't let their story out due to fear. The the problem is all of this foundation, you know, that's the hardest part, laying this concrete, all of this, all of this foundation that's been set up to unleash you to the world, to unleash your story, to unleash uh, your passions gets brought back down because you're concerned whether the house is going to stand or not. And mm. it's just like, you know, it, so a lot of people, when you talk about, you know, greatness, yeah, a lot of people can't achieve it because that fear, even though the foundation has been set by all of their experiences, their fear um, holds them back. So they don't get to experience, they, they leave life. What's the point of going through the sands of life only to look back and see that there were no footprints because, because you were fear, you were afraid that your feet would get stuck. Man, you is, what I mean? this, what's your what's your Instagram right now?
0: because well, I, I, I want to make sure in the moment people get it. I won't wait to the end. What's your, what's, what's your Instagram? Instagram right is
1: now? my name, just Jonathan Blake Evans. There you go. Jonathan okay. Blake Evans.
0: Yeah. We got to make sure to get that in because because I'll forget because I'll get in this moment and forget <laughs> we even talking to y'all right now and so just yeah, taking in yeah. this man. Um, so you you had a message I just saw on Instagram. Um, and I actually reposted it. Um, about dealing with the coronavirus, right? Oh, and, okay. and and yeah. one of the things that I want to ask you this question, I think I already know the answer to. But so many times we want to be in control of our lives, right? And I think this is a perfect example to show people that no matter how much you think you're in control, you're not in control. Oh, my goodness. And so, like, what do you feel about that? you feel like there... I I know you can influence certain things in your life, right? Not to be... I'm not telling people to be irresponsible, but do you feel like you can be in control over your life? Like, how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, well, that's that's interesting. Um, I feel like I can control... um, The different aspects of of the boundaries that have been set for my life. Yeah. Like I feel like ultimately, you know, God is sovereign. He sets He sets the boundaries. Okay. But inside of that, like when you talk about the virus, I can control my surroundings. Yeah. I I can control um, whether I'm with the crowd or the few. I mean, this teaches you a lot about you know how negative it can be just associating with the crowd instead of the few. Mm. Because right now they're cutting down on the crowds. Cause the crowds is where you get infected and people live their life for the crowds, but the crowds yeah. is where you get infected, you know, cause you don't know what people are carrying that are influencing your life um, in a negative way. So I can control those things. I can make sure I'm in positive environments where the people that I'm around are healthy so that I don't get infected by anything negative. Yeah, You know, I can, I can control some of those things, but ultimately, uh, back to your question, there are things in this life. A lot of this life is out of control. I mean, businesses are shutting down. The NBA is shutting down. Uh, All of these different things are shutting down off of something you can't even see. (laughs) Like it's off of something that you can't even see that came from halfway around the world, you know, that's shutting stuff down. And so all you can do is have faith and based on that faith, be as best prepared as you can be for whatever circumstances may come. And so I try to allow, you know, my faith to have priority in how I walk. Um, And faith means you can't see it. Faith means, you know, my dad said faith is this. It's acting like it is so even when it's not so, so that it might be so, simply because simply because God said so. Repeat that. Okay. <laughs> Repeat that. Repeat that. Faith is acting like it is so, yeah. even when it's not so, so that it might be so, simply because God said so. Mm. It's, it's acting like it's true, whether you feel it or whether, whether you see it or not, whether you totally understand it, uh, you want to press forward in it. So I think um, a lot of change has come, you know, uh, based on this virus. We've made some changes. And, yeah. and we've made them by faith. I mean, we know uh, what people are saying, but we don't know what's going to happen to us. We don't know if we touch something, if we're going to get sick. All we can do is do the best we can do based on the knowledge that we have. And that's all you can do in your sphere with your family, in your sphere with your job, in your sphere with um, with your kids. You do the best that you can do and you allow your faith to take care of the rest. You yeah. know what I mean? And so that's what we have control of is to do our best. And you teach that all the time. You know, doing the best in this in the in the circumference that you're in and the boundaries that God has set up. You do your best where you're planted um, and you have faith there and God can flourish you anywhere else.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think, man, I mean, that's perfectly put out. And I think, too, it we were talking about this um, right before we came in here, um, how it is pulling back the curtain on people's lives. Right. And where yeah. you found significance in. You know, yep. so I mean, like like myself, I had events canceled, you know, yep. I mean, events are canceled. I mean, speaking of all these people, um, it also exposes even to, you know, hopefully this thing, you know, comes and goes, but definitely it exposes, definitely. you know, finances and things like that. Oh you know, gosh. I mean, if you don't have stuff saved up and it's something that you told me a long time ago, I don't know the words that you put in them, but you basically said like, you know, what you have doesn't show how much money you have. It shows how much money you spent. And that's, that's exactly always right. stuck with me. It's always stuck, and it's probably the reason why I'm still <laughs> driving a, a 150,000 mile car. I'll probably get a new car soon, but <laughs> it always stuck with me because I'm like, man, that's right. Because you know, so much of my life, you know, growing up, you know, just. What I thought success was. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: you you used to call me uh B-E-T yep, yep. and <laughs> Baylor. Man, he came he was straight out of the house looking <laughs> like he just watched a fabulous video at the time. That's who was hot. I was like, man, what you just watched a fabulous video? Where you came out in the house. Had spinners and everything. had spinners, man. <laughs> like, I
0: mean, the fake chain, all that stuff, man. And it's just like I thought that's what success was. You know, I thought it was having all these things. And I'm glad that again, I feel like going through the NFL phase really prepared me for What I have now. And so now I'm all into saving. I'm all into being debt free. I'm all into investing and things like that. Like, so I know you're like that also. Like what did you learn that from your dad or like, or what do you just, like, what do you feel about that? It
1: definitely came from, you know, from growing up, like my dad didn't give us credit cards and he just taught us the concept of, you know, uh, loans means it's not your money, you know, all of those different things. And so, um, so those were things that I learned, you know, just from him. Uh, but also, you know, just just making smart investments and things of that nature. But but the key that you were talking about is, you know, living for other people will crush you.
0: Impressing, I always say, IOPs yeah. impressing other people.
1: Impressing people, other people go broke for crush it. you,
0: you know. And that's the question I ask myself too. Like, I'm not an emotional buyer. I don't think like emotional buyer. You just buy off emotions. Like yeah. if I come back to it a week later or two, even with our house that we're getting right, I had yeah. to like really come back to it. I'm like, man, do I really? And it's a, obviously a house is a Is not a is an asset, not a liability, right? But um I'm always like that, bro. I'm like, am I getting this for me? And I do this weird thing, like if I was the only person in this world, nobody could see it, nobody can say, Oh, that's dope, I like school, would you still get it? And if my part is like, yeah, I really want this, then I'll get it for the most part, unless it's something that's super crazy. So like there's so many people in this world, and I know some some of y'all might get a little little (laughs) offensive in this, but a straight-up podcast is being truthful. The truth sometimes hurts, but it always helps. But there's so many people in this world going broke, trying to
1: impress other people. Yep. And you know, I don't, I and mean... Not, not only impress other people, but they spend a lot of money for something that they can't enjoy. Because when you are house broke, it impresses other people, but you can't enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when, when your car broke, you're impressing a lot of people. But you sweat and trying to make sure that you get this thing done, you know, that you yeah. get this note paid, that you get to keep it. Or when hard times hit where, you know, banks may close or the government like this, this virus may have to shut things down or may have to change some, some things. You're stuck with notes payable based on a perception that you would like to have from people that could care less about you.
0: You know, you're talking about, you know, <laughs> yeah. they could care less about you. Yeah. And
1: I learned that. I learned that, bro. Like I learned that the, the reality of life, you know, is so important because, when we talk about my mom earlier and you talk about people, people leaving, you know, when I was a chaplain for the Cowboys, you know, we had a, de- a player death on the team. Um, and that was like four or five years ago. And, you know, that whole 20 seconds of silence thing is real. Like we went on the field and they said, let's give this person 20 seconds of silence. And then they were like, all right, let's kick the ball off because we came here to see a football game. Yeah. And I was like, no matter what he contributed to the NFL and to the world, the best we could do is give him 20 seconds of silence so you can live for people as long as you want to. But I guarantee you the best we're going to be able to do for you is give you about 20 seconds of silence. And then we're going to move on and keep going about our business because the world keeps turning. The world keeps turning. It doesn't matter who you are. Like nobody on this podcast, nobody uh, teaching this podcast, me and you is greater than Michael Jackson. Yeah. Michael Jackson is colas. You don't like Michael Jackson. You whack like yeah. that is music. Like he's the colas dude. But to be honest with you, no disrespect to him but because i'm so busy and the world keeps turning like i haven't really thought about that in like 10 years like it, it, every now and then when the anniversary comes around i'll start dancing again you think about kobe right now like it's kobe, not like, i mean like, it's fresh but yes. not many people are still talking about kobe Yeah. It's, that's kobe it's kobe like and we yeah. we won't be as big as these guys from a world impressionable standpoint like these guys are mountains as it relates to this world and just know that the world keeps turning People keep going like now we got to talk about the coronavirus, like what's news now, like everything keeps going. And so if you're living for the 15 minutes of fame or the 20 seconds of silence, you're spending a whole lot of money uh, for something that doesn't last very long. Hey, you here's
0: something that you might not know about me. I am an Airbnb host. I first started hosting on Airbnb about two years ago. I have a cabin called Protect Your Peace Cabin in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, and it's magical. Just imagine waking up to the fresh scent of pine in the air from the trees, right in the middle of the woods. You have a jacuzzi. We have a fire pit that makes great conversations at night, a grill. And guess what? Even in the morning, you can catch a few deer in the backyard. I spent so much time making this cabin the perfect escape for me and my family to unwind and fully relax. But truth is, I only use it a few times a year. But now, with Airbnb... I'm making good use of my space all year round and earning extra cash at the same time. Let me tell you my top three reasons on why I love hosting on Airbnb. Number one, it brings extra income. I love sharing my home with friends and guests, and now I can get paid to do so. Number two, beautiful memories. When people reach out and tell me how much they enjoyed their stay and had a great trip, I love being a part of it. It's the best feeling to me. And number three, it's easy. It's easy. Even with my busy schedule as an entrepreneur and speaker, I can still make time to be an Airbnb host. I can't think of a better business idea that just takes a few hours a week to manage. And now with my book tour coming up, I'm thinking of putting my regular home on Airbnb too so I can host guests while I'm on the road for a month or so. A lot of people don't even realize they may have an Airbnb of their own right under their noses. They may even overcomplicate it. You can Airbnb your place or your spare room even if you're out of town for a few days or for a few weeks. So whether you have an investment property or extra bedrooms in your home, hosting on Airbnb is a great way to earn extra income. Next time you're planning a trip or want to share those extra spaces, consider hosting on Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. That's Airbnb.com slash host to find out how much your home is worth.
1: What's your legacy like? What are people going to really say about you? It's really your family. It's really the people who are closest to you, that know you, the people that you impact, the people that you give to. That's why the Bible says it's better to give than to receive. Because if you're taking and taking and taking, then you won't be remembered for anything but what you have. And I've never seen a hearse pull in u U-Haul. <laughs> what you have doesn't matter. Like It, it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, and so it's important for us to think long term. And when you think long-term, it makes you live a little bit differently.
0: You know, I asked them a question. <clears throat> I did a podcast, Die With Your Dreams, and it was, you know, I would say the wise man. I got it was <laughs> – you're the wise man that told me this, <laughs> right? I just be like, if, if I say anything that comes to my mind as a wise man, is Jay. <laughs> and I said, you know, um, and I, I'm sure you could – you quote this way better than me, but it was about – I remember you told me, man, it stuck with me, and I made that video with Tristan. It was like, you're not um, – you know, you're not old or young because of your birthday. You're old or young based upon your death date. That's right? right. And what you do between the dash really matters. And I asked them this question on the Die With Your Dreams podcast because I just say so many people are going to die not meeting the greatest version of themselves. And the question that I ask myself often, and and I want, like, your answer with this is, what's going to live on once you move on? Ooh. What's going to live on once you're no longer here? Like, what is going to be that thing? And, um, you know, I think when you start focusing because that's what legacy is about, yeah. right? It's leaving yeah. something here that's going to continue to live on. And that's what honestly has helped me too. losing people in my life, my, my grandparents, uh, my f- close friends, when they passed away, you know, um, even with aunt, you know, our you know, this is, he's one of the reasons why I went hard for rehab time. So I took something from his life, whether it was a struggle or whether it was something he stood for or my grandmother right, and right, I take right. it and I give it to the world, even though people don't know that to keep them living on. So like, for your legacy like what is it that that you want to live I mean I'm sure it's multiple things but yeah. you can just
1: if talk I boil it down uh, to one thing it would just be impact yeah and that's what we're here for I mean yeah. we're here for impact you know what everybody's here for impact yeah. and everybody may want that impact to be the big stage but it doesn't have to be that like you can impact one person who impacts the world like whoever taught my grandfather what he knows and somebody came and he, he they they witnessed to my granddad um you know tony evans is one of his sons well tony evans got a radio broadcast on 1400 stations 13 uh, 130 countries tony evans is the first african american uh to write a tony evans study bible and full bible commentary that's in the uh that's in the bible museum in dc right now he's got his own display um wow. but 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 whoever that whoever those two men were that brought the gospel to my granddad had no idea that that son that was in his house would be able to impact the world at that level, but they still get the credit. Yeah, and so you yeah. got to understand that the links in this chain are not easily broken when you're doing things the right way. But we live in a culture that's opposite. It's about you know me, myself, and I. You yeah. know what I mean? And you don't build a legacy on me, myself, and I, or you don't even build a legacy only on what you achieve for the greatness of yourself. Because remember, that's only that only earns you 20 seconds of silence before the world keeps turning and we keep moving. <sighs> man. So the the, the the way that you leave a legacy is by impacting people who impact people with the same character that you impacted them with. You know what I'm saying? That's why we're supposed to pass on the image of God, be fruitful and multiply. It wasn't for you to have lookalikes. It was for God to have lookalikes, right? So I want to impact my kids to look as much like him as possible. And if I give him his character that never runs out, because th- he never stops, right? And they keep impacting people with that. Then my legacy lives on simply because it was connected to something that was eternal, not temporal. And so that's what it's about. It's, that's what it's about. And you talked about that dash. You know, whether you're young or old is based on, you know, your birth date or your death date. That's the problem with people. Like in in their 30s or 20s, or they 18 or even 40, they're like, I'm still, I still have time. What? Yeah, what, yeah. What <laughs> you, don't you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Like we should be, li- we, we should yeah. be smart enough to know at this point. That you cannot base time based on your birth. You can only base time based on when you're going to die. And since you don't know that, we don't know who's young or old. There may be somebody who's 80 years old that has more time than you. That means he's he or she is younger than you. I, ch- I challenge you everybody listening
0: to this right now that if you think you have time, go walk around the cemetery and just go look, go look at the tombstones. And that's, yeah. and that's what I did with Tristan. Tristan was like, this person was 11. Exactly. And he was like, I'm 11. Exactly. And I was like, bro, like, I'm not trying to, you know... i I you, not I'm, trying to scare I, yeah, him. He's yeah, just yeah. trying I to give life reality. Into, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's reality, man. Like, there's... You know, you never know. Um, and it's funny. When you said that, like, I thought about Tupac. Tupac said, you know, I might not change the world, but I'll spark the change in the yeah, mind. Tupac that had a lot of
1: truth. Yeah, so. he <laughs> did. He did. Pac had a lot of truth,
0: man. Yeah. Pac yeah. Was, and he was like, 24 when he died, man. That's crazy. So, as we wrap this up, which, I mean, guys, you see why, you know, this guy is, I mean amazing. You know, see why why he's one of my mentors, one of my closest friends, and he's really impacted my life. And not just saying that just for some fluff, but on a serious note, he really has. And you guys Mm -hmm. know why. I want to, you know, I want to start doing this when I do interview people or have these straight up conversations. What is something um, in your life with everything that you do, right? You're a father of 90 kids right now, (laughs) (laughs) right? Husband, you have so many responsibilities like we talked about earlier. And I know how that is. You know, I know how it is to be the the go to person when people look to you for answers, look to you for mm-hmm. strength, look to you for wisdom. Um, what do you feel like right now is like maybe 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 not right now, but maybe a struggle that you dealt with recently, or uh, maybe even right now uh, that struggle that you're dealing with, and how are you getting through you know that struggle? You know, because I know there's so many people listening to this right now that have struggles, and I like to not diminish the the greatness of a person. of Mm -hmm. of you. But I like to show people like even with my life, like, listen, I know you're looking at me. Oh, you have all these people on social media. You don't go through nothing. No. The reason why I talk (laughs) about so much is because I go through so much, you know. And so I like to bring uh, that humanity to people so they can understand, oh, wow, like, okay, this person goes through it, too. So like what's a struggle that you might be dealing with um, and how are you getting through it if you are getting through it, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Especially when when people look at you, uh, in my case, Tony Evans' son, or you're a speaker, all of these different things. You got a family, um, you know. I've had to learn to push past pain, but not ignore it. Yeah. Uh, because really, what happens is, is you get into a position where you're kind of like showing face and showing strength that you really don't have. Yeah. And so, really, that authenticity, just to say, you know what, I really need help. Like, I really need to talk to some people about my struggle that I'm going through, about, you know, some of the doubts, you know, that I had. And I've, I've got strong faith. But when you're praying for something and it doesn't happen, you're like, man, is this is this even real? Like, is this is this, you know, so you have those thoughts. And so you get with the right people who you know, that can guide you in the right direction. And in order to be okay with accountability, to work through your pain, even though you're called to push through it, you cannot be prideful. Yeah, like people who are prideful, one of the key ingredients of their pride is autonomy. They just want to be by themselves, handle it by themselves, and they don't want anybody to know you know, what they're experiencing and what they're going through. Um, but authenticity and getting that out is a key ingredient of you actually being able to get to the next step and the next level of what you're going through. And so that, for me, has always been a challenge, especially when you're you know, a person who a lot of people look to to help them get out of their pain.
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: they're like, how are you going to help me if you, you know what exactly. I'm saying? Like, it, So, so no, it's realizing that that experience and the pain that I'm going through is what qualifies me to help you. Mm. And people have to realize that what you're going through, like nobody goes to what would a, su- a superhero movie would not have meaning unless there's a problem in a villain. Absolutely. It, it, yeah. That would be the dumbest movie you've ever seen in your life, that this dude or this woman is displaying all this power but there's no problem or villain to have power over. Right, that makes them a superhero. That makes them a superhero. And that's what makes makes God, that's what makes Jesus Christ my hero because he's not just powerful. It's not just some ethereal spirit in Never Never Land. I've actually experienced him be my hero. But in order to be a hero, I had to have a problem. Hmm. And so your problems that you go through will actually qualify you to be the hero in somebody else's life who may be going through the same thing. It actually prepares you for the ministry that God has for you. Nobody wants to hear your story if there's no bloopers in it. Yeah, <laughs> like no, nobody true. wants to hear you talk yeah. if you hadn't gone through anything. And so it's pushing past the pain, but it's also dealing with it and understanding it, so that you can actually be um, useful with it.
0: Man, that's that's speaking to my heart because I feel like with me, um, that's one of my struggles too. You know, just being in that spot where it's like everybody comes to you, whatever, right, and it's just like right. you just. And people don't even know and you know i had a line that i actually wrote again like smiling for the camera but down behind the scenes Mm. you know and it's like what's the point of that you know if i'm giving all this to the world but losing myself and so like you know conversations therapy um having conversations being open Ah, uh, being honest, where I'm at in my journey has like really, really helped me. You know, be able to heal and be able to be like, okay, cool. You know, like, it's all right to go through these things because and talk so, about them. with social media. You know, the filter life, the perfection, and there's so many people that think like that. Oh, if I show people that I have a problem, then, then they want. You know, I gotta sell perfection in order for people to follow me or for people yep. to buy my product or for people look at me as a guru. That's hard to keep up with. Very hard to keep up with. <laughs> And so I'm just glad you shared a lot on that, man, with your transparency. And uh, I'm glad you took this time, man, to come on a straight-up podcast, Absolutely. bro. Absolutely. number you. one, Number one. Yeah, bro, we're ta- <laughs> hey, we, we doing it. So you guys, I'm, I, I don't even have to tell you if. I know you got something out of this. Um, you know, definitely hit JE up, uh, at Jonathan Blake Evans, right, on Instagram, yep. Yep. Uh, Facebook. Hit him up. Anything that you have going on that you want to share?
1: Uh no, I mean just uh yes and no. Uh there's a lot going on. Um uh, but yeah, just just follow me. You keep up with me on that. I got uh video vlogs and we do do speaking whenever we get back out there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um so all of those things, everything that I do is just to impact people and y'all are a, a blessing to me just as much as I am to you. We in this together. So That's right, man. Uh, well, I appreciate you. Make sure
0: you guys check them out, follow them. um and uh just You know, when you hear this apply, you know, don't just listen, just listen. But what are you going to take away from this and actually apply to your life? Because application creates transformation. But like I say, then every single episode, it all starts with you. I appreciate you guys. I will see you guys next week. Stay safe. All right, stay prayed up. All right, let's get it. It's rehab time. Straight up. Straight up. It's hosted and recorded by me, Trent Shelton. The episodes are produced by Chelsea Harfouche and mixed and edited by Andrew Weller. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Straight up with Trent Shelton is a production of the Hollis Company. Hey, I want to make sure you got my phone number, like for real, for real. No kidding. Did you even know that I have a community text number? And if you don't, where have you been? So go ahead, take out your pen and paper, take out your phone, and write this number down. My phone number is 817-242-2719. I'm gonna repeat it for you. 817-242-2719. People always ask, Trent, how did you get that community text number? how does it work? Well, today's your lucky day. Go to community.com and go get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using Texan. People just text you at the number, they're added to the group, and then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want, like you already know. I text out podcast links, random things about life, I text out surprises, all the things that I don't post anywhere else except my rehabber text community. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly to you, and guess what? Now, you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your number. They'll give you a 10-digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than just a number, y'all. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS texting. This means you can actually manage your text links from your community and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts at certain times to certain groups. It even comes with auto-replies, so many things. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your phone number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for just that. So go check them out at community.com. That's community.com. Let's get it. Hey, y'all, what's up? I'm super excited to share this with y'all. I need like a drum roll. I need like a band. But listen.